Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This week on the Happy Half Hour. I think Chuba's first run, first play from scrimmage went like 30 yards, which is more than yes. they got in the entire Pittsburgh game. Yes. So it's one of those things you sit there and you're like, hmm, so today's going to be different. And you kind of knew that already the tone would be like, it, it was just different. They wanted to come out and be like, okay, that's not who we actually are and make a statement. And they did it against a team that was hot. Touchdown, Carolina! It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni, Augusta Stone, and Darren Gantz. That's right. It's that time of the week. It's the Happy Half Hour podcast with your friends, Augusta, Darren, and Kristen. And fittingly, the Happy Half Hour podcast is brought to you by Prowling Vineyards Napa Valley, which is the official wine brand and wine club of the Carolina Panthers. These premium selections celebrate the great people of the Carolinas and the Panthers' hunger to achieve excellence on and off the field. Experience the benefits and lifestyle while giving back to the community as a portion of the proceeds support the Carolina Panthers charities. Learn more at prowlingvineyards.com. Well, Darren, Augusta, in the time since we last spoke on this podcast, the Panthers broke two franchise records, played the coldest home game in Panthers history, became legitimate playoff contenders. We celebrated a major holiday. The team had a significant injury to their secondary and brought back former All-Pro Josh Norman. It's a shame that we don't have anything to talk about, guys. <laughs> It's yeah. always so boring. Like, oh my goodness. Yeah, and this, this week gets into like the top eight of the 2022 <laughs> Carolina Panthers weeks, right? It's, uh, yeah, there's a lot Maybe of Maybe not even going. the busiest week that we've had <laughs> is a great point, Darren. There's a lot of stuff going on, but this is, this is wild. And again, you buy your ticket, you come to seize the show, and you never know what you're going to get. And this year has contained multitudes. It's just been... One thing after another, and and like you said, you you just spanned all the emotions of the week, yeah. Because it goes from hey everything's great playoffs to J C Horn, but Judge Norman, yeah, <laughs> and we're back. So it's uh yeah, it's an interesting time to be sure, and you know it's just kind of hard to process this stuff every week. But what you keep seeing uh, consistently is a team that you know everybody. I think six weeks ago when we started invoking playoffs and, hey, believe it or not, even though they're three and eight, they've still kind of got a shot at this thing. Um, everybody sort of pointed and laughed, and now it's real. And now people are starting to see that, oh, this team does things well. And mm-hmm. 
maybe they do have a shot. So it's been fun to watch. It has. I want to go back and we got to relive these these uh, records that were broken on Saturday. We got to talk about the coldness of the game. But, you know, just for all the fans that approach fandom the way I approach fandom, which is uh, pessimism and worry. (laughs) Right. Before my team plays a big game. Darren, speaking of J.C. Horn, can you give us the latest on on where that injury is? Yeah. Broke his wrist in the game. Right. Broke his wrist during the game. Uh, had surgery on Tuesday afternoon here in town. Uh, as Steve Wilkes said yesterday, they will reevaluate in 10 to 12 days. Okay. And even with sports writer math, I know that that takes us to a time before the Saints game. Mm-hmm. So, no J.C. this week, but if you beat Tom Brady and the Bucks this week and go into week 18 with a shot to go to the playoffs, never know. And how does, how does that work again? Like I said, if I'm, if I'm the fan, not only am I pessimistic, I'm also wondering about how that works with a broken wrist. Even me, right, as a sideline reporter, I could tell that his wrist was broken when it happened. I'm I'm pretty uh, good on evaluating the high ankle sprains, but with the broken wrist, how does that work if he's going to potentially be able to play for the Saints game? Yeah, well, and I think uh, you have to preface everything with every injury is different. Sure. But, but we did have one of these in 2015 and some guy named Thomas Davis. Heard of him. Who, who broke uh, an arm during the NFC Championship game, cast it up, played Super Bowl. He didn't now, even come out of the game. Now when, he, now, when he took that cast off after the Super Bowl, his arm looked like the football they just played with. Mm-hmm. It was gross but and augusta's starting to fade over here i, I don't, don't like think, stuff like that i don't think medical talk is where <laughs> she thrives but um it's possible and again i don't know the specifics of sure. uh jc's injury and they're not going to talk about him frankly they shouldn't it's his business um but if there is an ability to club it up and go play i think some people will try to but it depends on the severity right. of the surgery you know what they had to put in there how far up the arm they had to go to do things that kind of thing i mean and all that sort of stuff that's jc's personal medical business that if he wants to share with us sometime he's welcome to but it at least exists as a possibility in a theoretical sense yes. i mean we don't know Again, any anything can happen to a guy, and you know, even Brian Burns said Burns is as close to him as anybody in that locker room. And Burns is like, if it's too serious, I don't want him to come. Absolutely, play. Yeah. absolutely. So I think the guy's health obviously is first and foremost. But if it's a possibility, you know, I think you know, even in a game planning situation going against the Saints, even if you think he's got a shot to play that's one more thing Dennis Allen's got to think about so I think that's probably a factor next week too but it's like at least there's a chance that's right and and I appreciate the context of of course we are, are as you said Darren not saying that oh yeah he if he doesn't then that means that right. he's not doing something I just was wondering the context around what does it look like to potentially be available with a broken risk and I, I think that that really Gives everyone listening context and best case scenario, right? right of course, although we we absolutely hope that he takes care of himself and his sure. health. Um, because J.C. Horn's going to be a part of yes, Carolina Panthers is. football for far beyond next week's game against yeah. the Saints. And he's important to that future. So you don't want to do anything that's going to jack him up for 23, 24, 25 by trying to play one hero game now. Mm. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, talking to Steve Wilkes, 
yesterday. Um, he said, look, I, I have confidence in the guys who are there. He mentioned Keith Taylor is going to have to step up, TJ Carey. But there is now another name that is in the mix, potentially, currently a practice squatter, 35-year-old cornerback by the name of Josh Norman. Augusta, you know, I I know Josh. I've covered him at while I was at Fox Sports. I've covered, uh, you know, I was the fan of the team before I got this job. Darren, of course, goes way back with him. What's been your initial impression um, as our as our newbie of of Josh Norman? Exactly. No, it was super exciting. So I loved just his his interview yesterday because I felt like no matter what the question was, he had something very interesting to say. Mm-hmm. Um, very pleasant kind of guy, and it's it's really funny because like the experience he's had here. I mean, he was cracking jokes with the reporters, like David Newton of ESP and all of them, just going and laughing with them and and talking with them, and it was it was cool. It was really. I mean, he walks in and he has this air about him he was hugging guys on the practice field like it's it was really like a homecoming of sorts and the most interesting thing I thought what he said yesterday was like one of the first things that he was asked when he was talking about things that had changed and he remembered all these small details he was talking about how he had a memory in every room in this place and how the doors to the locker room you know weren't in the back like they are now and they didn't connect to the weight room and he's like everything's so different and it's I, I just I love I didn't like, know that yeah that the doors didn't always that's, open that's to what the he weight room. said I don't know he was talking about like doors and configurations, but they, they have remodeled some things. Interesting, yeah. the locker room and certain places that used to be other places. It was so. just awesome. Like I loved, like you know, he's one of those guys you could tell like takes in things and has like a very big observational sort of mind. And so I was just fascinated by it because it hasn't been that long. But you know, he's talking about all these little details and all the memories he has and how he was a barista in Atlanta before he came back here and just all these little things. I just like when I wrote the article, just compilations of quotes the whole time I was like I don't even know where to stop everything is golden so I almost transcribed the whole 12 minute thing because I was like I don't know where to edit it was brilliant he's uh he's a real one (laughs) Josh is you know what Josh is Josh is fun Mm -hmm. yeah and it's okay for football to be fun Mm -hmm. and I and I think it kind of fits with you know we're going to spend a lot of time we already have uh talking about a guy who's Probably going to get activated for Sunday, but not, I mean, there's no guarantee. We assume that's the reason you bring right. him in is in the hope of being right. activated off the practice but squad for the game, but we'll see. I th- And as the wet blanket of reason, I feel like every now and then I have to point out he's 35 years old, hadn't played in a year, and wasn't fast to begin with. So he he's probably not a guy you want sprinting downfield 40 yards at a time after uh, Mike Evans, I don't know that that's a good matchup necessarily, but can he still run with Julio Jones? <laughs> you know, and in, there are things where I, I think Josh adds value to this team, whether he plays five, ten snaps or not. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I asked him on Monday when he came in and signed, and he was still big-eyed. When he walked down that hall – towards Samir Suleiman's office to sign his contract the other day. He's kind of moon-eyed like, I said, you didn't think you'd ever be back down this hall, did you? He said, I really didn't. Um, and thinking about thinking about that stuff then, I asked him, I said, in 15, your last year here, they bring in a guy named Peanut Tillman to play his last year in the league. And Peanut was a good player during the regular season, but Peanut's value to that team was in what he shared with guys like Josh. And so Josh still, I mean, he's a cornerback. He still believes he can play. He's like, I'm still a playmaker. Um, 
got his chest out a little bit, but he understands that that's part of the reason he's here too. I mean, this this Panthers defense is still very, very young and still has a lot of guys who are still learning how to play football. And so for cats like, you know, J.C., if he's well, although J.C.'s such a different animal because he grew up in the game and, you know, he's got a different mentality than most. But guys like Keith Taylor, guys like Jeremy Chin, Mm -hmm. having a Josh around them is going to be good for their development in the same way having Stephon Gilmore around here last year was helpful. But I think, you know, whatever whatever it is the kids say these days, I think Josh has a dog inside of him mm-hmm. or, or something. Mm-hmm. He, that is the, what he brings to the room. Yeah, and Steve Oaks told me, he said, look, if if we feel like he can go, he said he wants to make sure he's in game shape. He said optimistically 15 to 20 plays. Darren, you were yeah. probably more measured at 5 to <laughs> 10. So it's not, as you said, it's there's going to be no – no savior is, is right. coming to to save the secondary. It's going to have to be by committee. It's going to yeah. have to be these these younger guys, these Keith Taylors, T.J. Carey stepping up, uh, Josh Norman helping if and where he can for this game. But as you said, he he brings a lot of value to this team from a leadership mm-hmm. perspective, from having been there. And that's what he told me. He said, look, it's just a mindset. It's a mindset that Steve Wilkes has instilled in, in me for years, and I want to bring that to these guys and, and make sure that they are ready to go for this big game. Now you want to know what else Josh brings, honestly? During a week when all the talk would have ordinarily been about, oh, my God, you guys are playing against Tom Brady. Oh, my God, you guys have the playoffs on the line. Oh, my God, this is so much pressure. You've never done this before. We've now spent three days talking about Josh Norman. It's a little instead. bit of the pressure off, huh? <laughs> it really does. I, I think it's a collateral benefit to this, too, because it keeps this from being a, oh, my God. God, Armageddon Changes up the news cycle a little bit. It absolutely does. That's a really good point. So, Augusta, you mentioned this, and and I talked to him in in my interview as well. I got him right off the field yesterday, and I said, what were you doing? Because he was talking about the importance of the number six, which is his new number. And I said, what were you doing six days ago? And he said, I was a barista at a coffee shop. And he told me about all these different drinks he was making. So um, he said his specialty was he could do a great double espresso. He could do an oat milk latte. There was something involving sweet potatoes, which I didn't quite understand, but there's a new type of, I don't know if it's a milk or some sort of a substance, but sweet potatoes, which I thought was very interesting. But he knows his stuff. There's no doubt about it. So in that spirit, I have to know, what what are your coffee orders when you get something? I know you had the uh, lemonade and coffee for a little bit, Augusta, but Darren, I'm let me just guess with Darren. Black coffee? Yeah, Josh, can you make truck stop black? <laughs> if you've got a pot that's been sitting around all day, yeah. that'll be fine. I want it to be too. burned a little bit. <laughs> you need it to breathe, oh, age it. a little bit. You know, I'm a black coffee person too, yeah. though. That's about it. Yeah. Augusta, what, what's your order? So right now, it's very normal. I actually have one with me. It's three sugars and oat milk, just original coffee. I do prefer coffee to uh, espresso, though. I find espresso is a little aggressive. So like, I, I don't agree. get espresso drinks. I get coffee, and then I mix it. But I'm, I'm pretty normal. Right now, I have, like, when I make it at home, I have, like, this vanilla soy milk that I use. But yeah, I love that. I will say I love that alternative milks are big in coffee. Now people are talking about oat milk and stuff as a <laughs> vegan. Yes. Pl- plug it. 
Um, but yeah, no, I love that. So yeah, no, it was really cool. I was watching your interview with him and I loved like hearing him talk about all the lattes and stuff. That's something I would love to learn to do someday. Three sugars. He could teach you. Yeah, three sugars. Yeah. Three absolutely. sugars. Big buddy, the elf energy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but I will drink Let's black coffee. that or the espresso, right? And yeah. I'm with Augusta on that. The espresso makes me feel a little shaky makes and feel yeah. weird. Regret my decisions first thing in the morning. You know, there's a come down off of it. So I'd go with the three sugars. Usually oh, yeah. I have other things to regret. <laughs> <laughs> so we've gone all this time and have not even talked about the way in which the Panthers dominated the Lions on Christmas Eve at the coldest home game in franchise history. And, you know, as Steve Wilkes told me yesterday when I was talking to him about the game, he said, you know, we are looking forward now, right? Um, and of course we are, but I do think it is um, it is indicative of the way in which, of course, they would like to play against Tampa and against the Saints. And if they go further than that, I mean, it's a great formula for dominating pretty much anyone if you can rush for over 300 and what? How many yards was 320. it? 320. 320. Got it. Memorize. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then the week before, you saw the Steelers game, which Steve Oaks will say, we got embarrassed, right? So there's your, that's your spectrum, right? Yeah. Um, the thing that I took away from this game, standing there on the sidelines, uh, t- two things. Number one, talking to Steve Wilkes in the studio last Wednesday, we do our TV interview and talk every week. And I said, what do you do to come back from the Steelers game? And he said, we've got to set a new line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. It's going to start up front. It would do all the things that he has preached to this team. And when you rush for like 24 yards in the Steelers game, you go, okay, all right. They came out and did exactly what he said they needed to do. They executed on the game plan. And the second thing I saw um, was the amount of confidence that that gave them early to come out and and run for like 70 yards in your first two plays, right, courtesy of Chuba Hubbard. Um It was just incredibly impressive, and you saw the confidence build throughout the game on both sides of the ball because they were able to come out and establish that identity, not just establish it, but establish it early, Augusta, right? I mean, it was just, it was neat to see because they, you couldn't tell them anything by like the second quarter. They believed in what they're doing. Exactly, and they're so into the details. I have a story dropping later today where I was talking with the running backs because at practice I've noticed, and you've probably seen it too, where after every single rep that the offense takes, it's always Jeff Nixon and the three running backs, and they're always going under there watching the tape, and they do this every single practice, every single rep. So it'll be like they'll go under the tent five or six different times during team periods, and it's great, and they've gotten into the nitty-gritty details, and you can see that it's like working out, right? Because it's it's like when you have something that's working well, it's like we'll find those little bitty fine-tuned things. And I will say one thing about confidence. The thing about that game was I think Chuba's first run, the first play from scrimmage, went like 30 yards, which is more than they got in the entire Pittsburgh game. Yes. So it's one of those things you sit there and you're like, hmm. So today's going to be different, and you kind of knew that already the tone would be like just it, it was just different. But um, yeah, just getting into the nitty gritty details, like kind of polishing up things that they already have that are working well. I I, I think it, it's not surprising, but what it is is it's like okay, they have a formula, they know how to get to the formula, and then I think also with the offensive line, the the theme that I had just talking with those guys, they were so embarrassed after the Steelers game. They wanted to come out and be like, okay, that's not who we actually are. Mm-hmm. And make a statement. And I, they did it. They did it against a team that was hot, trending hot when yeah. they got here. Winners of yeah. six of their last seven coming into that one. That's and, what's impressive. And, and that offense had been on a roll. They hadn't turned yep. it over. The, that offense was the reason the Lions were in that conversation. And, you know, Ben Johnson, their 35-year-old offensive coordinator, is one of those hot young offensive minds that everybody wants to talk to in the offseason. And, you know, Steve Wilkes may eventually be competing for a job with that guy. And he's got a pretty good – 
you know, bullet point to put on his PowerPoint display good, uh, yes. <laughs> um, for that game. Oh, yeah, Ben Johnson, I remember him. He, yeah, we put 320 yards on his team and kept them, you know, from doing the thing that they had been doing. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, too, that operates, that confidence piece of it operates at a lot of levels. I mean, the, the offensive line, we wrote about that, Augusta wrote about it after the game, is just a, okay, this is who we are again. This yeah. is what we want to do again. And where that branches off also is they didn't touch Sam Darnold all day. The Lions didn't lay a finger on Sam Darnold. And here's another thing that you can read about on Panthers.com. Uh, Sam Darnold, pretty good. Not, not just, eh, but actually pretty good. And I, and I feel bad. And I told Sam yesterday in the locker room when we were finished talking, I said, I feel almost bad saying it this way because it sounds like a slight. It sounds like we're damning him with faint praise, but Sam has actually been better than just take care of it and don't screw it up. Mm-hmm. And he's made plays downfield, and you've seen that over the last couple of weeks. There have been some of those shots to DJ. I mean, that touchdown he threw to DJ against Detroit was one of those balls yes. that was placed in a spot. Yes. And if you remember back to New England joint practices – the three of us were standing in a corner of an end zone, and Sam Darnold, back when Baker Mayfield was in the midst of winning a quarterback competition, Sam Darnold threw a ball to Derek Wright in the corner mm-hmm. of an end zone, and we're, and we're all like, my God, Sam just threw that ball into a space about the size of a ball. It was a, a thing of beauty. I, I mean, think Christian McCaffrey ran across the field to bear hug Derek Wright. I mean, it's, right. And, of course, there were no cameras because Bill Belichick and the Patriots. But it was one of those things Thanks, where you Bill. go, oh, my goodness. I still yeah. remember exactly where we were standing. Yes. Yeah, and, a- and so Sam has played better as a result. I mean, and that's where this thing's all coming together a little bit because – you know, nothing's been settled at the quarterback position. Change coaches in the middle of the year, all the other stuff. But right now, the way this offense is dialed up, it is working. And there's something to be said for that. I mean, the running game feeds off that offensive line. Sam feeds off having time to throw because Sam, with time, can stand and look around and find the things he's supposed to do and not do the things he's not supposed to do. And it's all working together at a pretty interesting level right now. And, you know, we got one more game to see if – or one game this week to see if it's all going to matter. Absolutely. And and at least you think the, the confidence portion of this is taken care of because, Augusta, as you said, the what they did on really in all three phases, right? I mean, look at Eddie Pinheiro, right? <laughs> 17 made field goals after – that game in Atlanta, the, the defense is is playing well and doing what they're supposed to be doing for the most part. The offense, like you said, this is the identity they want to have, but to come out uh, on Christmas Eve in a game that did not reach above 26 degrees and to set a franchise record for most yards of offense in a single game in Panthers history and then also the rushing record, which we just talked about, is impressive yeah. any way you slice it. It is unexpected. It is surprising because you just don't expect anyone to to break records on any given day and certainly not in a game where those are your conditions. And, and by the way, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out where Augusta and I were sitting during that game. It was a little breezier than normal. Probably mm-hmm. got down to like 64, That's 65. Tough. <laughs> That's tough for you. I couldn't what, feel my toes until two like? hours after the yeah, game. Tell, oh, tell me how many layers Kristen Balboni was oh, wearing man. last Saturday. Let's see. I had four or five shirts slash jackets on, two pairs of pants. I think it was just two. 
and then two socks, boots, the foot warmers in the boots, um, you know, that attach to the bottom of your feet, and then the hand warmers. I lost a glove. I don't know where it is. It's ah. still out on the field somewhere. <laughs> And uh, so that one, uh, you know, about half time, could not find it anywhere. Uh, so I had to go without the gloves there. So, yeah, you know, at a certain point, like I said, you just you couldn't feel the toes. Um, and then you just kind of uh, you just kind of accept it at that point. Do you I know when I am out in the cold too long at a certain point, your fingers stop working. Yeah. Uh, does your voice still work the same? It does. After four it's hours, it's the only at thing that's degrees. working <laughs> at 26 yeah. degrees. That's it. So luckily, that's my uh, that's the thing I need to work. But yes, um, no. If I were a writer out there, that would be tough because the fingers weren't working great. Um, I will warrior, say though, Kristen, thank Kristen you. Balboni. I appreciate. It. I've lived in Connecticut. I've lived in Chicago. So I was ready for this one. I pulled out all the old winter gear. But as a personal point of pride, you know, being in the media, I don't ever cross into the the football box, right, where the, right. the benches are and all of that. But that is where the heaters are. There are no heaters on the other side of of where the, the benches are, like back behind the benches or over on, on the side um, toward the end zones. Of course, no heaters there. The, the heaters are for the players. But I told myself for this game, I said, look, if it gets, if it gets bad enough, you just go stand in front of a heater for a second and pop right back out. I did not use the heaters. Ooh. Personal point of pride there. So I uh, just wanted to say that. Total boss. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. But, you know, 64 and breezy up in the press box does sound tough <laughs> yeah, for you guys as well. So congratulations on getting through it. Uh, bef- we do it for the people. We, absolutely. Before we go, I just I have to read this. Um, I love reading all both of everything that you write, but Darren's asked the old guy one of the responses in in Darren's column this week just it just made me grin from ear to ear and I need to know more so uh, someone asked what you got for Christmas and I just have to read this paragraph the first answer is way more than I deserve from a handcrafted today I give my all for Appalachian State sign for the front porch to a sweet new Ted Lasso Mm t-shirt a tasteful monkey tie I'll wear to my next formal occasion a selection of the finest meats and cheeses and coffees and a furry Chewbacca can hugger that's about to see some action because it's so cold. I am extremely blessed. I just, I love that so much. And uh, before we go, I cannot leave this podcast studio without asking you about the monkey tie. Tell me more. It's This is actually a really tasteful monkey tie. It's a <laughs> that's black, what you've it, said. It's a black tie with a very subtle monkey pattern. Okay. A repeated monkey pattern. It's like, it's almost like a polka dot tie from a distance. But ah. when you get close, it's like, oh, that's a monkey. Oh my goodness. And so now that you say that, I have to say yeah. the way in which you you wrote it, I did not. I thought the tasteful might have just been, you know, um, a little bit of a fabrication, but it does sound really nice. I uh, yeah, I got to find a picture of this sometime later, or take one tonight when I get home. Yeah, this is something I'll be breaking out for formal wear. This is a good <laughs> one. This is a dark suit kind of kind of deal. I can't wait to see yeah. it, Darren. Maybe I'll wear it on the plane this week. I think Ooh. you should. The good luck monkey tie. Thank you should. We love it. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening to the Happy Half Hour podcast. We'll see you next week. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. 
Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 